that makes so much sense. That's why when I ask what it, 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 feel, it seems to me that it really has to be available to all kinds of health services, all kinds of, you know. So when you said that uh, anyone could be trained, you know, like for grandmas and grandmas, you know, because just like in massage in most countries, almost every family has it. Now, yes, yes. Can, once they get trained, once one gets trained, can they build their practice? Can, can they make an announcement and, you know, like promote yes. themselves as doing NADA protocol? Yes. Well, well, one of the states we like to hold up as a, um, a model is, uh, is uh, Connecticut. And, and, and the reason why I, I say that is through Yale University, they did probably the longest, longest pilot study in history at, um, at SATU, their substance use uh, treatment unit. And um, there's a sister there, um, Katura Bryant, who, who was really instrumental. She and, um, and Claudia Voiles, and uh, I think Nate Hurst was, was involved in that as well in terms of the early use of, of um, the ear acupuncture protocol through the Yale University system. I was brought in, I think it was 2011, uh, to begin to train their addiction fellows in the technique. Uh, since then, they have been successful in uh, getting, um, it was just last summer, a state grant to train um, uh, anyone working in the mental health system there and the, uh, the, the protocol. So they have a law that is quite quite permissive. So as long as you're putting your hands on, on a patient within a behavioral health care system, the mental health care, care work of any sort, you can get, get trained. That's a very good law. It does require supervision if you're not an acupuncturist or a, uh, a physician, which is reasonable as long as, as it is general supervision. If it is direct supervision, that means and expensive practitioners, such as myself, such as an acupuncturist, has to be under the roof while this is being used. That effectively counts out from a, from a financial standpoint, most places that would need to use it most. Um, you, you're talking about halfway houses, you're talking about in, in nursing homes, where the, uh, the dementia care takes place, you're talking about in private practices, um, and so, but with general supervision, it means that the supervisor can be available by phone, by text, you know, as long as they are within in reasonable context. So that's a good law. Some states have a good law. Um, I would, um, the, the law in Connecticut is one that co com comes to mind. I would uh, encourage folks to take a look at that and even to go to our website where others are, um, identified as well. So going back to your, your question about once you're, you're trained, can you hang up a shingle? Only if it is legally allowed in your state. Now, now as far as the ear acupressure, I mean, it's just a bead on a piece of tape. That's not a big deal. Uh, but you still don't want to hang your shingle and say, I'm a acupressure specialist. You use it as a folk medicine in your home for, for, for the people that you care about. As far as the, 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 uh, the needling goes, the restrictions around that 
are very clear. If you're in a state where there is not um, a favorable law, then um, then bad things can can happen if if you're practicing outside the law. Now, does that mean that it shouldn't happen? I like to say, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, because there is nobody that wants Caesar to come and knock on your door. Does that mean that it makes sense? It doesn't always make sense at all. Sometimes it doesn't make a bit of sense. And so, um, and that's where advocacy and activism has got to come in, just like the folks in the South Bronx where this was started. Uh, it was started in the face of, of a healthcare system that only wanted to bring in the, uh, the methadone for people in, in the South Bronx. The, uh, um, uh, and, and now NADA can be used very well in conjunction with the use of, of, um, of methadone as a maintenance, because even as a maintenance, we know there's often co-occurring sorts of, uh, of illnesses and substance use problems that also occur. It can help with that. But what the practitioners wanted back in the early 70s was something that was drug-free. They wanted a drug-free option for the people that they loved and not to substitute one dependency for another, however uh, valuable it may be for individuals in specific sorts of situations. So they brought in this protocol and have been were very successful with it, which is the reason why in 2006, uh, SAMHSA, CSAT through um, the NIH system recognizes as a best practice in the treatment of, of chemical dependency and substance use. Um, when, um, um, as you mentioned, I um, have recently been re-elected as president. During my first term in 2009, uh, we had learned um, enough as practitioners of NADA that we were confident in changing the mission statement from use of substance use to the use in behavioral health, including substance use. So it's really valuable across the whole behavioral health spectrum, including with pain. And as I mentioned, pain is more than just a physical symptom. There's the emotional side, there's the cognitive side. This protocol does very well in those settings as well. It does um, very well even with patients who have um, have dementia in terms of being a calming influence um, um, within a comprehensive um, approach to their care. But, but we do need to think in terms of a comprehensive approach to care. You get a great response to not alone, that's great, but, um, but uh, we should not forget that when you talk about whole, whole health care, you really want, want to think about the whole picture. And as much as I um, uh, am confident that NADA can play an important role in a whole approach to care, we do need to think about care as being more than just a, um, uh, anything, being uh, a panacea. So we need to be careful about that. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a, it's it's just a beautiful thing to remember that almost I think almost all, if not all, holistic treatment always you may think that it's only treatment for one, but it's always it always encompasses a lot of things, and that's how but, I yes yes understanding the NADA protocol yes so I, I'm happy if you're gonna change that mission because then you know 
right away people may not just think about it as addiction as because you know even if you define addiction people may just think about substance abuse but there's yeah, many yeah. Forms of addiction well 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 it's uh interesting you uh you say that too because the uh, the mission has been changed now for about 11 years but i would encourage folks to think about think about detoxification as more than just a substance when you talk about fear uh anger irritability, those are toxic emotional states that we know affect your immune system. They affect your ability to sleep, which affects your immune system. They affect your relationships and interactions with others, which can become toxic. Uh, and uh, there are, are lots of things that can make those sorts of um, interactions worse. And this is something something that can help. I'm so glad that it came into my life. I use it regularly, uh, in addition to other things as well. But especially after a stressful day at at work, you know, when um, uh, when, when when you really need, you know, uh, something to help to bring things down. This is very quick and and reliable. You can put the beads on during the day at work again we uh, have have a, a wonderful publication out that shows how it helps with burnout and healthcare professionals uh, so i would encourage us to use it as healthcare professionals as well um, and uh, and our colleagues and and caregivers for dementia patients whether they are professional or family members um, can find this a valuable aid so so technically, it can be used during this pandemic time when there's an air of fear. Yes, yes, yes. And our um, outreach and uh, informational materials on the website um, show you how to do it. It's a how-to sort of, of a, uh, uh, of, of a one-pager uh, that um, shows you just how easy and simple it is. If there's one thing that you could advise a young man who might be exposed or might have the tendency, because I know that in terms of substance abuse, they said it even could start, you know, really early, you know, yes. what, could you, what could you advise that person who might be listening or with a parent who might be listening right now? Well, I, I can tell you, I... Um remember a period of time in my early 20s when I remember not going one day for three years without getting high. One day, you know, off of something, whether it was marijuana or alcohol or whatever. And, and what, what, what really came as a transformation in my life uh, and which I would advise a young person to, to um, embrace would, would be that you want to embrace the good. If, if, there's, if there's a point of irritation in your life, uh, and what I felt almost as um, I was doing the wrong thing and going to, uh, to medical school. Uh, when, uh, but uh, again, it was uh, the, the mentors that came into my life, especially Brother Ishmael Jamal through the Institute of Self-Healing that that really showed that regardless of what, of, of what um, you're feeling about wanting to be a voice for black, indigenous, people of color, even if you're Caucasian and just seeing so much that is wrong with the system. 
because we need to recognize even with the Black Lives um, Black Lives Matter movement now, there it's a multicultural voice that is being raised um, of folks across the uh, the color spectrum. And so seeing that sort of, of unrest today reminds me of myself back in the day. What do you do with all that sort of emotion when the system, quote unquote, may not be changing as fast as you want it to? You know the same egregious things that were happening in the South Bronx 30 years ago are happening now. That's why people are in the street because they're still putting a foot on George Floyd's neck and other necks, either in a metaphorical way or a literal way. When you see those things and really want, want deep in your soul to impact that, if you don't have the good to turn to, to emphasize, to highlight, to push, then that sort of, of toxic emotionality can eat you up. So what helped me? Well, what was really being exposed to all of these techniques that improve resiliency, that show you that there really is, and there are techniques that you don't have to wait for. The future is not something that needs to be investigated up and down the wazoo. I, I've said for years, the reason why I, I do the research, uh, the tedious research projects that I do and the writings I do is more to, um, uh, put it in in language that that uh, that my colleagues can understand and respect. But as I said, the healthiest, longest lived people they aren't reading JAMA. They aren't. They 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 don't have a hospital on every corner. They you know they're not going. You know they have a lifestyle. But but in this culture, part of 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 the culture is one of science, and there's certainly a valuable role for that to play. So I've devoted myself to that. But but to the young people, going back to your question, what would I say to someone uh, that may be struggling with, with toxicities on many different levels is to, whether it's a personal level, whether it's interpersonal, whether it's with, with the government, whether it's with your you know, folks who, who you see as role models in your life who let you down, is, is to continue to focus on that which is healing and that which is good. That's the only answer. Because even if you um, one day are blessed to be in an influential position and have the power and influence to make change, if you're not familiar with techniques that are healing and whole, all you can do is recreate the problem, you know, or, or continue to talk about it and wait for somebody else to come to, to come along with the healing skills to help to fix it. So I would encourage them to embrace a path of self-healing. Uh, to know that those techniques are out there, uh, to reach out to people like myself, you know, to have these sorts of conversations and mentorship with, uh, like yourself, is beautiful what you're doing. I mean, I, I, I know that you're, you're um, focused now on the caregivers of dementia, but, but the way in which, which you're approaching it is a whole perspective. I know that you've had other uh, endeavors where you talk about food and diet and lifestyle and massage and various sorts of techniques. These are, are, are the things that, that are, are helpful and uh, would encourage them not to wallow in guilt, in shame. Uh, that's not helpful at all. You know, what, what you want, want to do is take a, um, um, I'm going to say, say these serenity prayer. Know the things that you can change. 
the things that, that you can't, have the wisdom to know the difference and be at peace within yourself uh, when you see the best thing to do, that you're really embracing that as uh, a healing path. So, And if it is for the caregiver, yes. what advice of a good habit can you provide that one must do in the morning or in the evening? I asked that question because if I still remember you correctly, you have your ritual of wellness. So I thought it would be good to share one habit in the morning and one habit in the evening. Yes, yes, yes. Well, uh, I'm a fan of um, internal martial arts. And um, I started off studying Tai Chi. I call it Tai Chi still, but uh, I think about it more as a dance. I, I like to get up and dance with the sunrise and hear the birds and feel the breeze. I'm, I'm blessed to live here in St. Petersburg, Florida and have, have a rooftop I can go to with uh, a great view and, you know, whether it's uh, in the morning or at night. So I encourage you to uh, look for a way in which you can move. However, uh, whatever that means to you, we know that movement is very important for mild to moderate um, anxiety, distress, depression, uh, the um, um, a walk, even a half an hour walk a day in a mindful state especially is just as good as any pill, any antidepressant anybody can give you. You've got to move. You want to include that sort of a mindfulness component. And uh, it's um, interesting that the those who introduced the idea of mindfulness back in, in the 70s, starting with John Kabat-Zinn and um, and uh, working with Payne uh, and um, and Marsha Linehan, who brought who worked with borderline borderline personality disorder and introduced that. They all say that it comes from from uh, indigenous meditative traditions. And so you want to have, and it all involves breath. So you want to move and you want to pay attention to your breath as a grounding. Once you get get good at those things. And I would encourage you to practice every morning before you start your day and every night before you go to sleep, if it's only for five minutes, just to kind of clear the field and be able to start your day with a clear mind to go to sleep, having laid to rest all the toxicities and stresses of the day that can impact us. Uh, but um, those sorts of things uh, improve resiliency they improve your health, they strengthen your immune system and your ability to fight off infections like COVID, but also to fight off the feelings of uh, being overwhelmed and despair and pain. That when, when you see a loved one going through the um, illness of dementia. And so um, I'd encourage you to incorporate that into your day um, in a mindful way, in a regular way. Uh, and I write your prescription to do that right now. Oh, you got it. <laughs> and, and my last question would be, um, what, is, what, what is it that Dr. Kensu Carter loved most in his life right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm happy to be a grandfather with four grandchildren. And uh, I'm married. I have uh, a lovely wife who really is, is uh, a helpmate on 
every stretch of the word. I can't think of anything that I like better than spending time with them. Um, I, my um, parents are getting older, but I'm blessed to have both of my parents still. I uh, love talking to them, you know, hanging out with them whenever I get a chance. Um, I've got a brother who's so funny. If I come in after a stressful day, I like to, to call him within five or 10 minutes between him and my sister-in-law, we're gut belly laughing, you know what I mean? So, so you know, so I, I think that sort of family time and interaction is what means the most to me now. Um, and my work life, uh, man, I think I've got the best job I've ever had as the uh, lead psychiatrist for the integration of primary care and mental health at the uh, VA here in Bay Pines, Florida. I guess it's maybe about half hour ride from where I live in uh, St. Pete. But uh, they are putting their money where their mouth is, really investing in, in getting the, uh, the, the nursing staff um, and all the other supports to really bring whole health into the VA. And so um, I get a chance, yeah, I'm, I'm not, not um, uh, practicing uh, the alternative techniques exclusively, but again, with both feet and both camps, I'm that bridge between the vets and because I live it, which is why going back to where, to my admonishment toward young people who may be struggling and finding themselves and finding uh, a healing path for themselves, uh, that you have to live it. And so, and it's only by living it all these years that when I speak to whether my colleagues, to the patients, whether I speak on the whole health side with where it fits with psychiatry or on the psychiatry and primary care side, where all that fits with the staff that I supervise, it's a conversation that comes from authenticity because that's what I do. I don't know any other way, way to, uh, to, uh, to be now and, uh, and uh, have been walking this path of holism for the majority of my life. Um, and so, um, well, I said it was the last question, but now since you said that, so what's your superpower? Um, man, <laughs> I think, I think my, my, my superpower is, um, and I'm, 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 I'm going to go back a bit. I, I was born in Jarrett, Virginia, which is right off of 95, about 10 miles from the North Carolina border. And, um, in, my aunt's bed. So I was born at home at, at a time when folks were still, still doing that. And, um, and this was in a state that housed the capital of the Confederacy. But my family has always been a strong and resilient one. I mean, I look to, I look to uh, my grandfather, uh, where, where his, his father or grandfather, uh, the story goes, uh, walked from Florida to Virginia and got managed to, to get 300 acres of land and establish the, the family became just a rock in, in, the, um, in the whole community there. And so those are the people that I come from. Uh, we don't stop, we don't give up. My father was the first one to go to college on his side of the family. My mother on her side of the family, when he finished college, he came back to uh, work, work uh, in that area of Virginia, and and um, and um, the only job he, he could find was one that was would have been equivalent to sharecropping, 
And so the family story is that he had $10 in, in, in his pocket, hitched a ride to New Jersey, moved into one of, with one of his brothers, and within the next 10 years or so was uh, uh, a staple in South Jersey working with the Soil Conservation Service advising uh, uh, with the USDA, the US Department of Agriculture in South Jersey, which is a breadbasket for, for Philly, for DC, for New York, advising farmers on how to take care of, of their land and irrigation and crop rotation, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, but again, the, the, uh, the family story is how he left that small area of Virginia with $10 in his pocket and came to New Jersey and made it happen. And so, uh, so my superpower I see as my, as, as my family, both then back in the day and right now, right now today is my family and my friends. So, and thank you for being such a good friend <laughs> as, as well and inviting me to, uh, to do this podcast. It, it was a real treat to be able to say what needs to be said to people who, who can really appreciate it and, and, uh, and welcome it. So thank you very much. I thank you too. I, you know, this is an honor. And yes, um, I, I like the way we, you know, we were able to have a good conversation that others would be, help, that would be helpful. So before I sign off, I usually want to share to the listeners um, why my quantum affirmation, what I do in the morning. Oh. Yes, go ahead. Uh, may, may I leave your listeners with um, information about how to contact our national NADA website and office because the okay. website is great, is recently re revamped, is easy to, uh, to, uh, to navigate. You'll find the um, acupressure informational tools, outreach tools I mentioned, and a lot more. But the, um, the website is uh, www.acudetox.com. And that's one C, A-C-U-D-E-T-O-X.com. Uh, and the uh, and and if you want to call for any reason, um, the, the website is very thorough. But if if you'd like to call the office, it's eight 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 seven six five six two three two. So I'm sorry to have interrupted, but I wanted to leave your no. It's not, it's not an interruption. It needed to be announced. Yeah. And what I will do actually is. After I post the episode, in the description of the episode, I will make sure I put all that information. So oh, anyone, okay. that phone number, make sure you please text me or message me. Okay. And any social media connections that you and your organization has, I already encourage Nate Hurst to post, uh, to, to share, to share, okay? okay. Great. So I really appreciate that. And, and that everything will be connected and make sure. Okay. That Sounds good. Sounds good. So, you know, just again for the affirmation. So this yes. is my advice is that you have some quantum cards. I call it quantum cards because those are cards that were all the words were tested energetically that it uh -huh. resonates to our cellular resonance, you know? Yeah. So, and then I shuffle it every day. I pick one and I intentionally 
you know, I did, we didn't even get a chance to talk about the intention of the caregivers, right? I yes. mean, yes. Very important. trained Very important. makes a difference with the outcome of that. Yes. Not yes. So yeah. when I do that, I put, I pick one and I recite the affirmation three times and three times a day. So three in the morning, three in the afternoon, three in the evening. And that kind of like, it's like showering my whole body with that affirmation. So mm -hmm. today I intentionally said, what can I share for this podcast with Dr. Carter and, you know, my audience? So perfect. What you said, it is willingness to forgive. So I'm going to say it three times. I am compassionate and understanding toward others. I forgive others for their wrongdoing or hardness of heart toward me. Forgiving frees me from feelings of resentment and anger. I forgive myself for my own negative actions toward others. I am compassionate and understanding toward others. I forgive others for their wrongdoing or hardness of heart toward me. Forgiving frees me from feelings of resentment and anger. I forgive myself for my own negative actions toward others. I am compassionate and understanding toward others. I forgive others for their wrongdoing or hardness of heart toward me. Forgiving frees me from feelings of resentment and anger. I forgive myself for my own negative actions toward others. And amen, amen, amen. And that was beautiful, that was beautiful. Did you write that or did you pull it from no, um, no, I, I have the cards. Okay. Well, it's beautiful. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. And, and uh, thank you again. And thank you for our listeners. I just want to remind that also that um, Quantum Nurse offers a uh, complimentary book a coaching call for whatever is that reason. And that will be posted also below the description or in the description of the podcast. So, so then it, because I wanted to build a community where people could have support or a conversation. And just as what Dr. Carter said, it was a, you know, it was a significant elder who made such an impact on him, like said Brother Jamal. So we could all do that in our own little way. Okay. And in my language, I say mabalos, which means thank you. And thank you all. So stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you.